Hello and welcome to the Yoga with Molly Off the Mat podcast. I'm your host Molly and in this podcast we talk all things yoga and life off of the mat. Let's get started. Hi friends, welcome to another week on the Off the Mat podcast um, with me, Molly. I'm with baby as always. He, I think, has caught his second cold. Um, he had a little cold when he was about five weeks old um, and now we are sometime past that point and he um, appears to be a little bit poorly again. <laughs> I think it's because we've started going to um, like playgroup classes and he is one of the youngest babies there and all the other babies are licking stuff. <laughs> There's no other way for me to describe it. And as soon as I got there, I thought, yeah, everything that we touch will have been licked <laughs> by many other people, many other babies. Um, so am I surprised that he's caused a cold a few days later? Probably not. Um, but I have a slightly poorly baby. <sighs> But I had a tired mama as a result because <laughs> we're up in the night just making sure that he's comfortable. You know, he has like a runny nose and that makes it hard for anyone to sleep well. Um, so slightly tired mama, slightly tired baby. But even though he has a cold, he's still in pretty good spirits. You know, he likes playing games with us and various other things. So um, all is going well. Um I also, I know last week on the podcast I shared that um, I was worried I maybe was having a bit of a setback in terms of my C-section recovery because um, there was something a little um, off about my scar. Um, but I, I went and hung out with my GP this week. Um, that's my casual way of saying I went to an appointment. <laughs> we hung out <laughs> um, and it looks like everything is looking great. So no setback. Proceed with caution as I was before, which is really exciting. Um, so I'm just waiting for one more physio appointment, um, you know, and then potentially I can start running again. Uh, I cannot wait um more on that in the future i'd love to share a little bit about what it feels like when i get back to some of the more high impact exercise um for the first time um postnatally you know that will happen at some point in the next month um all else being well so i'll i'll share more um on that in a separate episode but otherwise what's going on here today we're just kind of doing a weekly reset at home um, my husband's just gone out to help me with some um, errands. Um, we had, we our house is overflowing with books, which is a wonderful thing, <laughs> um, but we really need the space. So he went and took at least like three boxfuls um, to uh, a local charity shop. Um, we also had a bunch of coffee pods to recycle. Um, so he went and dropped those off at the recycling point. And actually on the topic of postnatal recovery, um, one of the things that I needed to do postoperatively, although I've heard from a ton of my friends who delivered um, vaginally that they were prescribed the same, um, is I needed to take uh, injections every day, twice a day for 10 days um, to prevent blood clots. Um, after after surgery. Um, so I think if you had other interventions, potentially an episiotomy or other surgical, um, you know, assistance, um, forceps, ventuos, delivery, that kind of thing, um, that potentially or significant amount of blood loss. I'm not sure. Not a doctor. <laughs> um, but it sounded, at least based on my very small sample size, um, like it's relatively common actually for new mamas to um, need to do that either for 10 days after delivery or in some cases up to six weeks. Um, and uh, I had forgotten to hand the sharps box, i.e. the box with the needles in it, <laughs> um, back to my midwife when I was discharged. So it was just another one of those things that was kind of hanging around the house that I thought, okay, 
I'll deal with that at some point. And yeah, I'm on a bit of a spring cleaning kicker at the moment. I think because our son has now started to reach a point where he um is more interested in playing with when I say toys you know scarfs and rattles and you know various things like that and it's mainly us entertaining him because <laughs> he's still learning to grab things and stuff um but all of a sudden you know we we just needed to clear out extra spaces because we're bringing a few more things into the into the apartment. Um, I finally put all of my maternity wear into storage. It was still hanging up in my closet um, because I needed it <laughs> in the first few weeks postpartum. You still very much have a a pregnant body. Um, so uh, yeah, on a bit of a spring cleaning kicker at the moment which is you know partly because the seasons are changing but also you know all of us are moving forwards and moving on from our last uh, chapter and into the next and and that's pretty exciting so um yeah my husband's just out kind of helping me with those things I am at home um looking after baby um expressing breast milk uh um, eating yogurts and watching the new season of Next in Fashion. Um, just mom life stuff. Um, on a Saturday morning, afternoon. It's still morning now. Soon to be afternoon. Um, anyway, that's what's new with me. Uh, let's get into the good stuff. I wanted to talk a little bit about yoga for babies this week, actually. <laughs> um, and it's in light of two things. Um, uh, yeah, that, that are top of mind for me. One, one of my own yoga teachers in the context of pre and postnatal yoga teacher training had once said to me, you know, I think that babies don't really need yoga. <laughs> it's mums that need yoga. So, you know, in, in the case of this teacher, they were saying that when they teach a mum and baby yoga class, um, that it is really more focused on the needs of mum rather than the needs of baby. Um, and that is a big decision that you take, I think, as a yoga teacher, if you're choosing to offer that type of class, um, because it can focus very much on baby, you know, entertaining baby in ways that are physically demanding of mum. <laughs> you know, if she's lifting baby up and down and zooming baby to the moon and, you know, singing and dancing. And um, the other thing that I started this week, actually, with our son is a baby massage course, um, which is really cool. And, it, you know, it's... That having been said, though, I don't feel like he's that stressed. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I feel like it's a great way for us to get out of the house and for me to meet other mums and you know, I'm I'm learning I'm learning things to use at home. Um but you know, half the time I sometimes think because babies are so little and they're not interacting much with you yet. It is about building up your endurance for playtime as a mom, right? So I'll give you an example. If someone just said, sit down with your son and play with him for half an hour, I feel like in the first few weeks or, you know, because my son understands that something is going on. He smiles, you know, and he's interested in what I'm doing. Um, but it'd be like if you were having a very one-sided conversation. I'm sure we've all been in that position with, you know, uh, a friend that we're getting to know or maybe an established friendship or even better on a date if you've ever been on a date with someone where you feel like oh man I am doing all of the work here this person is carrying none of the conversation and I am exhausted motherhood can feel a little bit like that <laughs> it can feel a little bit like that um, and I actually do feel like building up the amount of time that you can play with baby and keep your energy up is a skill in and of itself. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. And I'm constantly trying to find creative ways to do that. 
Baby massage is one of them. That is a great way to bond and connect with baby. And you can kind of learn, you know, a sequence and a flow, if you will, that will take 10, 15 minutes of time, you know, um, so that you can connect with them and vary it and mix things up during their awake windows. Um, the other thing that I'll say I've started to do as kind of a sidebar tip, um, I'm really trying to read to my son and he has some interest in picture books as I'm going through and I'm reading them to him. Um, but you know, he is still developing, isn't really understanding that there's a story or a sequence to it. And, you know, he there's some interest in the pictures. What I've started to do when I read to him, I pick up on words and I take a ton of breaks in the story to act out specific pieces of vocabulary and turn those into a game. So, for example, the other day I started reading to him the first Harry Potter book. And in the first um, couple of pages, they're giving descriptions of the family of the Dursleys, um, including Mrs. Dursley. And they, uh, you know, and, and one of the descriptions was, you know, she's always peering over um, the neighbor's fence. Right. That was a great opportunity for me to put the book down and play a game of peekaboo. Um, and I just kind of go through I just kind of go through like that. So if ever there is mention of an animal, I'll put the book down and I'll act out those animal noises. Or if ever, if ever there is anything where I think, can I use that word to make a game? You know, certainly if they ever use the word um, tickle or if they talk about the weather, um, if they talk about it was a rainy day, then I'll, you know, I'll stand up and I'll pretend that it's raining down on baby or, you know, I'll stretch my arms big and wide if it's talking about the sunshine or clouds or anything like that so um yeah reading time has is inspiring my creativity and baby has no idea what's going on he just thinks it's exciting <laughs> every two minutes I'm offering him a new impression of something um and what I really like about that is I I do find I have the physical energy but where I've needed help is the mental energy constantly like generating new ideas to play getting creative because this whole world is new to me as a first-time parent um, anyway if you are a parent to be if you are a new um, a new parent as I am um, or an existing parent that is um, fresh out of ideas um, <laughs> that is one you know potentially interesting way to mix it up that I have found and you know, I will barely make it through one chapter of Harry Potter um, and I'll have been playing with him for 30 minutes. And by that point, it's time to, you know, take a little break. He can observe me doing some dishes or it might be nap time or feeding time or changing time or something else. Um, anyway, back to yoga for, for babies, though. Um, I guess in summation, what I'm going to say is I would broadly agree with what my teacher said, which is I'm not really sure that the baby's need yoga. <laughs> I don't know if they need it. I think learning baby yoga and baby massage is an amazing supplement to playtime because what it encourages is touch and interaction. Um, and yeah, I think especially if it's something that makes mum feel good doing it and connected to baby doing it, then very helpful skill to have, but I don't inherently believe that babies need yoga. Um, I don't think they carry around stress quite in the same way that we do. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I don't think their bodies hold tension the way that ours do um, as, as well. Um, so that I'll say. And for the areas where they do, you know, if you want to argue that actually the process of delivery is is stressful and, and, and that kind of stuff, you only have to look at how quickly their heads bounce back from, you know, for vaginal delivery, certainly, or if you've been in labor, um, from that cone shape to being a bit more like a normal head shape <laughs> um, to, uh, to know that, you know, ba babies' bodies are really designed to... Um, be flexible 
you know, at, at that, at that very young age, because things are still forming, um, and, and they're flexible because in order for them to be able to travel through the birth canal, if that's how they arrive. Um, so, uh, all of that having been said, yes, if you want to learn baby yoga poses to do with your baby, learn them, do a baby massage course, do it. I'm doing it. I'm enjoying it. My baby's enjoying it. Um, but fundamentally, (laughs) um, when it comes to, you know, mom and baby yoga, if you are interested in yoga just for you, I don't think that's where you're going to get it. Um, I think a good, you know, mom and baby yoga teacher will be able to offer things in those classes, um, for you to supplement at home for just you. But otherwise I would really be looking for a postnatal yoga class for yourself as a mama. And actually on that topic, baby boy just woke up. Hi there. (laughs) I'm going to hang out with him for a minute and see what his vibe is after his nap. Hi, it's actually two days since I stopped recording that last segment. Um, Baby had just woken up and I guess we just ended up spending the whole weekend together (laughs) as a family and it's now Monday morning. I'm pretty tired. I had a pretty sleepless night last night for various reasons. Um... Baby was a little bit fussier than usual, but so was I. Um, I think one thing I hadn't acknowledged, I had a conversation on Thursday of last week. It will have already happened when I started to record the first half of the podcast. Um, But the conversation left me feeling um, really sad, I guess, and a little bit anxious. Um, The specifics of who it was with and and what it was about are are less important, Um, you know, because I think, you know, it's it's that age old, will I even remember it in five years time? Probably not. Um, But yeah, I, I came away from that feeling a little bit down, I guess, and I hadn't really maybe acknowledged that or allowed myself to feel that fully. And I know at the weekend, actually, when I... Um, on the Sunday morning, I took an hour for myself to go to the gym. Um, and when I was there, I remember afterwards just feeling kind of lousy, which is unheard of (laughs) in exercise, right? I feel like people are always saying things like, oh, I felt so rubbish after my workout, said no one ever, you know, and exercise releases so many feel-good hormones and endorphins and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think maybe by exercising and actually getting into my body and loosening up, I, you know, I let a little bit of feeling out that maybe I'd bottled for a couple of days. And I've, I've a tendency more than ever to do that at the moment, because it's really hard to hold space for myself with a young baby, you know, because any, any moment I have, um, where I'm feeling alert or on good form or just able Um, I'm dedicating that energy to something baby related or something that supports taking care of the baby, like, you know, just a quick run around the house to clean everything or, you know, some other errand that needs to be done. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, um, it kind of hit me last night that I'm recording this Monday morning and I went to the gym yesterday and I think, yeah, after spending just a weekend of family time, just slowing down, hanging out with my family, doing a little bit of a reset, um, doing a bit of exercise, I think the emotions from that came and, and bubbled up. So I didn't sleep very well. Um, and the challenge is, you know, uh, I recently watched, um, on Netflix, that Jonah Hill documentary, Stutz, I want to say is the name of it. I may have gotten that wrong. It's the surname of his longtime therapist, Um, who shares some really interesting ideas. Um, My husband happened to put it on, you know, kind of background watching, I think last weekend, a week ago, 
and I really enjoyed it. I, I'm not sure I would have stumbled across it otherwise. And um, one of the things that this particular therapist posits is that, you know, there are three elements that will be continuous for every human being. And I'm just kind of recounting this on the fly, so I don't actually have notes in front of me. I remember two of them. <laughs> I forget the third now, but the, the two that I remember were pain and uncertainty. Um, and I, yeah, I forget. I forget what the third one is now. Um, but uh, yeah, this was one of those things that probably sits in that center bucket of uncertainty. I don't really know what's going to happen next. And I don't really know if there's a resolution for this. It's just kind of a, a weird discomfort that I need to sit with. Um, you know, there's not much in my control. Because um, the, the conversation that I had that, that made me feel sad was relating to the past. Um, and what I do have control over is the future. You know, I have agency there to do things differently next time. Um but I can't change what's already happened. Um, and I think that's what's, yeah, I think that's what I found so challenging about it. Anyway, I share all of that because it's not the first time I've encountered a situation like this. And I think it's pretty universal, actually, um, to have to sit with your discomfort and, you know, feelings can hit you in waves and... I also think it's relationship to your body and how you can, you know, unlock things um, by moving your body, which is definitely what happened to me this weekend, totally inadvertently. It hadn't been my, um, it hadn't been my goal to, uh, to do that when, when I went to the gym, <laughs> I was just trying to, to uh, tick a good box for my doctor by <laughs> by making sure that I was getting a little bit of exercise in regularly as I, uh, you know, transition into mum life um, and, you know, start to, to move further and further away from the, the delivery and, and healing every day. Um, so, uh, yeah, the part and parcel, those are the two things. <laughs> um, I had a few things on my mind and, and baby was also having uh, a fussy night himself. Um, last thing I just wanted to wrap on, actually, because I had been talking about it, but didn't really um, give much specific context was baby massage um, and the, the course that I'm going to, which I am enjoying. Um, so one of the things um, that they recommend on the course, and we had kind of been doing this anyway, is that the skills that you learn on a baby massage course are really great to do after bath time with baby. And I've definitely found over time, you know, when we first brought our son home, um, he hated nappy changes and he hated his first bath. <laughs> he just hated it. Well, he was kind of okay when we first put him in the bath, but then as we took him out, um, he really started to scream. And it was the same with nappy changes. He just didn't like them. And I think some of that, we learned how to do things to make him more comfortable. So we would make sure that the bathroom was really nice and cozy and warm before we started the bath. So a temperature that works for us you know, day to day is probably a little bit too cool, excuse me, for a baby at bath time. So I would crank up the heating in the house by a few degrees, you know, a couple of hours before bath time so that, you know, the home was a little bit toasty. Um, and, you know, obviously things like at that point, the radiators would come on and I would put his bath towels and any flannels we plan to use during the bath on there prior. So just a little bit of organization to keep him really comfortable. But also, you know, with time, you know, he he got more comfortable with with um, with bath time as well. And same with nappy changes, actually. I got in the habit because he did always used to really scream during them in his first maybe just week of life. Um, I got in the habit of singing to him during nappy changes to distract him 
Um, but we're now in this great rhythm where as soon as I put him on the changing mat, he starts kind of giggling and smiling and he seems excited. And yeah, um, you know, he's not technically yet at a stage in his development where he, as far as I understand, should be able to kind of um, consciously know, oh, changing time, that means singing time. But there is something about you know, putting him in that position on his back on the changing mat that will feel familiar to him. And he has a really strongly positive reaction to it. Um, you know, and so there's definitely some kind of muscle memory happening there. Or maybe it's just that it's one of those times when we're really close face to face. But either way, that is, excuse me again, um, like I said, extra sleep deprived today both really positive interactions for us. So yeah, a few tips and tricks in terms of in terms of bath time. The other thing that we've really embraced is um, co-bathing. Um, maybe I mentioned this last time. I just found it was a lot cozier for us as a family if either myself or my husband, you know, we, we actually run a bath in the main bath. One of us gets in. Um, this really only works when the three of us are home. I would not be doing this if it were just me um, as a personal choice in case I slipped on my way in or out of the bath. I just don't think it'd be safe. But, um, you know, let's say that I'm the one that's getting into the bath and we've, we have we kind of have a little temperature gauge to make sure that the water is the right temperature. Um, I take a shower first to make sure that my body is um, clean and that I'm not adding anything to the water that could be... Um, irritating to baby um and then uh his dad hands him to me um and I kind of you know have him in my lap and um I'm cleaning him and talking to him and you know giving him little kisses and stuff and he really likes that um and we cover his body with flannels and then pour warm warm water uh, over it to keep him nice and warm and he seems to really enjoy that he seems more relaxed that way than when we were bathing him in his baby bath um but that was also you know we started to do that when he was kind of six weeks old um purely because or maybe even eight weeks old actually um mainly because at that point I could take baths again post c-section um but technically we could have done that earlier with his dad um it just hadn't occurred to us in all honesty um, so that's something that we're really enjoying. So we found ways to find to make bath time more enjoyable, more bonding, more skin to skin. Um, and then afterwards, particularly if he's taken a bath with his dad, what we what we kind of tend to do, whoever had a bath with the baby, then gets to stay in the bath a little bit longer. So if it's his dad in the bath, I'll take baby safely out um, and go dry baby and he can then top up the bath water with a little bit more extra hot water because the truth is we probably like to take baths a little bit hotter than than baby can <laughs> so at that point we add a little bit of extra hot water with that hot water any adult bath products that you'd like to add um, at the moment when we take a bath with him um, we keep the water completely plain and then I just um, <laughs> our son has a, a pretty you know decent head of hair for his age um so we are having to shampoo that now he's a few months old um when he does bath time um not every night but you know a, a few times a week we we need to wash his hair um but other than that um and that shampoo is a baby product we don't put anything in the water um we're really just you know using it to kind of clear some of the um, grime that builds up with babies in their folds and creases kind of under their arms or around their groin or under their neck, you know, where um, you might have excess milk and that kind of thing. Um, and then afterwards, um, so if he's been bathing with dad, dad stays in the bath and enjoys a little bit of bath time to himself, even if it is just for a few minutes, you're already there. <laughs> the bath is already run <laughs> and baby is going to be busy for a few minutes <laughs> um, getting uh, dressed, having a little baby massage, that kind of thing. So it's a few minutes to relax and that's quite nice as well. I really enjoy it when it's my turn um, as as well. Um, but let's assume that, you know, I, I'm taking baby. Um, yeah, I, I make sure, A, it's obviously really important to make sure that baby is really nice and dry. Um, and then afterwards, um, 
always make sure that you've done a patch test with any products that you use on baby if it's new for them. So apply a little dot, you know, kind of on their leg 24 hours prior if you're using a completely new product that they haven't used before. Um, but otherwise, you know, um, I've tried a little bit with baby oil. I have to say, I think I just prefer the baby lotions and moisturizers. I don't particularly find that the oils do much more for his skin. And and obviously, w with, a, with a massage oil, I'm always a little bit concerned it will leave residue on baby clothes. Um, there are lots of massage oils on the market for babies, but I'm just not... I'm not sure I'm convinced that they're particularly better than just like a baby lotion. Um, his skin isn't dry, you know, but I guess it depends on the baby. Um, so I'll just, I'll say that <laughs> in case I feel like as a new parent, I'm there thinking, oh my goodness, I have to buy baby oil because I don't know, it feels like a baby essential. I don't know if I were to do it again, that would probably in my, you know, I think it's overhyped list, I think. Um, and also, when it comes to fragrances, um, typically they, they, for babies, tend to be kind of fragrance-free or um, they might be like O.T. or, um, sorry, O.T. or lavender. Um, lavender for kind of bedtimes and kind of O.T. soft scents for just everyday moisturizing. Um, you know, same for lotion as it is for the massage oils that you can get so again you know whatever you would like if if you feel better as a mama using a massage oil if that feels luxurious for your hands if it you know creates more of an atmosphere for you and baby together then do it but at the same time you know if you have one product of baby lotion and you're not really sure if you can get started I absolutely think that you can um the other thing actually with baby massage, um, lots of parents just use kind of household, you know, coconut oil, olive oil, um, that kind of thing. You still need to do patch test, but uh, those are my two cents on all of that. Um, and yeah, go along to a course to learn kind of techniques. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of the stuff that we had been doing anyway at home just to moisturize his skin <laughs> um, because it became kind of flaky after a week or so of being born. Um, so, and we started to moisturize him regularly after a few weeks. Um, you know, we're very similar to what we learned in baby massage. <laughs> um, so massaging the limbs, massaging the feet. Um, I also used to, and I, I still do, I put a little dab of his baby moisturizer on my fingers, rub them together so that I have kind of moist fingers to work with and I'm not putting blobs of it um, onto his body. Um, but then I, I very softly give him a little face massage um, because he, he was a little bit dry and flaky after a couple of weeks um, on his nose and his forehead, I remember. Um, so I just very gently, you know, without, like I said, blobbing moisturizer directly onto his face, I put it onto my hands, rub them together, and then kind of in the same way that I would massage my own face if I were applying moisturizer, I kind of sweep from the nose out onto the cheeks, um, from the center of the forehead around, again, over the cheeks down to the chin. Um, I do that really, really softly, and he loves it. He loves it. I remember when I first did it, I thought, oh, I'm not really sure how he's going to react to having his face touched like this. But he just adored it. And now that he's getting older as well, what I've started to do is after I have um, put a little bit of lotion on his face, I take his hands and I put them on my cheeks um, to kind of show him that, you know, I'm touching his face and now he's touching mommy's face because he finds my face, particularly when it's moving, <laughs> um, i.e. talking, really, really interesting. So he finds that really exciting that he's, you know, touching my face and then I touch his face. And it's just, it's a lovely um, bonding moment. Yeah. And the total time that I spend... Um, massaging does not exceed five minutes it's really you know kind of a two minute 
um, job in our case because again you have to remember he has come out of a bath and even if the house is nice and warm and cozy um, I find at least with my baby he prefers to be dressed as quickly as possible <laughs> you know unless we're doing skin to skin where he's actually on uh, mine or my husband's body to you know keep him warm um, he doesn't really you know like to to be um, to have his his skin on his torso exposed for particularly long amounts of uh, of time. So um, typically when I'm doing that massage, I will use the towel that I use to carry him out to kind of cover the parts of his body that I'm not massaging, um, the same way that you would if you were attending a massage. Um, and yeah, after a couple of minutes, it's time to put um, all of his clothes on. Usually we're doing bath time in the evening, so it might be a fresh pair of clothes. Um, I'll call them pajamas, although I'll be honest, his daytime looks are not that varied from his nighttime looks at this stage of life. Um, but we put on his his pajamas, um, and then if it's time for a feed, we feed him. If it's not, I might go into the nursery with him and do some storybook time. Or um, we have these baby toys that are kind of like torches. Uh, well, they are torches, but they project like scenes, um, you know, they, you have these little, um, like slideshows that are contained within the torch and you can kind of flick through different scenes. Um, so sometimes we project, you know, I'll turn off all the lights and project those up onto the ceiling, um, while we, you know, lie down on a comfortable surface. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of part of our, part of our wind down routine. Um, that I, I really, really enjoy. Like I said, though, up front, I still stand by the fact that I'm sure that there is benefit to baby, absolutely. Um, but I think there's greater benefit to mum <laughs> in baby yoga and in baby massage. I think it's wonderful for bonding. I think it relaxes you both. Um, but certainly... If you're there stressing about, I want to do it exactly right, or, you know, I, I, I don't know, worrying that the baby is stressed if you haven't been doing this, that is not the perspective that I would take on this at all. Um, and I've had a tendency to feel that way sometimes, feeling guilty that I haven't been doing tummy time every day, feeling guilty that I haven't been doing baby massage every day you know, do the things that you and your baby enjoy to do. Um, and you know, that make life enjoyable for you both. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my perspective, at least on the baby massage and the, um, baby yoga and, and all of that, all of that type of, of stuff. My body positive word of the week is kind or kindness. Um, I'm just reflecting on it live, you know. Am I kind to myself? Am I kind to my body? I had a discussion recently with a dietitian and we were talking about comfort eating I shared with her specifically an example from about a month ago when I was feeling really drained after a doctor's appointment that I had taken the baby to. Baby had become distressed during the appointment, as is often the case, you know, whether you're going to get your baby vaccinated or have a blood test done or, you know, whatever it is. Babies don't typically enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, neither do as adults, but we cope differently. And I'd, I'd felt drained and overwhelmed that day. And I was coming home and I spotted a bakery and they had the most gorgeous looking slices of cheesecake in there. And I bought myself a slice and enjoyed it. But what I, I said to the dietitian afterwards is, I don't think I was eating for hunger and there's nothing wrong with me having bought that cheesecake. I maybe wish I had kind of saved it until I was hungry, you know, and, and, and enjoyed it because I was hungry. Um, but I, I do think that I was maybe eating some feelings when I ate that 
particular piece of cheesecake. Um, and again, this is not me bashing cheesecake, um, which I would never do. Um, but, you know, um, I was talking to her and I said, you know, you work with a lot of folks who are emotional eaters and you're talking to me who is includes myself in that number. Um, I said, any thoughts or any advice? And she said, you know, very often we can feel like when we've had a hard day, you know, like we deserve a treat when really what we need is a hug. <laughs> she goes, next time that you're in a situation like that, instead of saying, oh, you know, I, I deserve a treat, why don't you try, I deserve to treat myself well. Um, and you decide what the definition for that is. And uh, sometimes that is eating if you're hungry, <laughs> you know, if you're in a situation where you're stressed and you think, oh my gosh, I don't have time to eat. Actually treating yourself well is, is eating. Um, or if you struggle with restricting your food, um, it could, it could be eating the cheesecake, you know, um, particularly if it's a special occasion, you know, a birthday or something like that. Um, but, you know, so the definition for how you treat yourself well will vary day to day, moment to moment. Um, but I've been playing with that ever since. And I, I don't know if I have it down pat. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that, you know, I had kind of, um, I've been feeling a bit down for the past few days and have definitely noticed myself reaching more for the cookie jar than... I was prior to that conversation. Um, so I wonder if I have been, yeah, noshing on my feelings a little bit again over the past, over the past few days. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really as, as far as I can get with that particular one, but I, I really, I want to embrace, um, more kindness towards myself and particularly in the actions that I take you know I don't want to bury my feelings in food um, I, I don't want to get to a place where I'm really burnt out I definitely don't want to be harsh towards my own body um, I think in terms of like how my relationship with my body image is is kind of coming along postnatally um, I'll talk about what's going well and the things that are, that are more difficult. So one action that I took this weekend, I packed away a lot of my maternity clothes and decided it's time to, you know, reinvest in my wardrobe and in my style. And yeah, my body's a different size and shape than it was before. Um, but I can still look really stylish and I can still feel really good in clothes and I don't have to just wear these kind of oversized, you know, <laughs> sweatpants <laughs> that I bought when I was pregnant. Um, so that was the first thing. I bought a few items of clothing, including a pair of jeans from a retailer, and it was specifically called stretchy mom jeans. And I did not feel any kind of way about that other than fantastic. I really embrace my label as a mother. I'm like ha happy to take that label on and I want to wear the uniform. You know, I mean, that's the best way is that I can describe it. I want to wear the uniform. <laughs> I want to wear the mom leggings, the oversized sweatshirt. Um, you know, I've, I, I want to do the whole thing, the whole shebang. I'm into it. I think it's, I think it's a vibe and I think it's a style. And um, maybe you like me, this weekend have also on Netflix um, been watching the new season of Next in Fashion. Um, so many times during those challenges, I was coming up with ideas for mothers. So one of the challenges that was set was, uh, I think in the very first episode, the theme was royalty. The designers had to create a royal look for the runway. And it could be based on you know, royalty in the traditional sense, you know, kings, queens, princesses, or um, your own interpretation of royalty. So for, for some people that meant Beyonce and for other people, you know, it meant different things. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, the queens that I am getting to know are mothers. 
um, just the power of the mother, um, you know, in delivering a baby, in feeding a baby, in, you know, just, just caring for this little human, for caring for yourself, for healing your body, for having grown them in the first place. Like, wow, the power, the wonder. That is what royalty means for me. These are the queens that I'm getting to know. And I, I feel like I'm really in a royal court whenever I'm holding court with other mothers. It's this completely new and different environment where people are feeding and nursing and rocking and bouncing. And I'm just kind of in awe. I feel like I'm in a secret society that in some ways makes me sad because that culture um, is not integrated openly in society because it doesn't feel safe to. Um, I think a lot of times um, mamas tend to be out nursing in numbers, right? When they're with other mothers or when they're there with the protection of a partner or a friend. Um, rarely do I see mamas nursing alone uh, in public. And I, I get it, you know, it can feel really vulnerable. Um, but uh yeah, anyway, I um that is just uh, a, a sidebar. I've I've been thinking so much about my admiration for mamas and how I I feel like I've joined a really cool club <laughs> by being a mom. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm like the new kid in school who's overly enthusiastic to be there. Um <laughs> ask me again in 5 years, but yeah, so I've uh I've reinvested. I bought myself a pair of mom jeans. They arrived. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. I probably bought a size that was slightly too big for me. Um, I think I'm probably overestimating um, my dress size at at the moment. I don't know why. I'm feeling a bit self-conscious maybe still or just uncertain of myself. Um, but I love them and they feel great. And it really inspired me to start wearing kind of normal clothes again, as opposed to, you know, only wearing leggings or continuing to wear my maternity clothes. Um, so that was pretty, pretty exciting and, and something that's going really well. Something that is not going as well. I'm still really struggling to meet myself in the mirror at the gym. Um, when I used to go to the gym, I used to love catching glimpses of my body in the mirror. Um, if this doesn't sound too vain to say, you know, when I would be working out and sweating and wearing tight clothes, that was one of the rare occasions when I would really notice and feel proud <laughs> of the muscles on my body. Um, I'm not really someone who spends a lot of time looking at myself in the mirror when I'm home. Um, Simply because, you know, day to day, I, I don't wear a lot of makeup and my morning routine is pretty rushed. I'm usually just throwing stuff on as I run out the door and I, I just, you know, the only time of week that I really would be looking at myself would usually be at the gym. You know, there's, there's typically mirrors everywhere um, so that you can check your form. And I would be looking at very specific parts of my body as well for extended periods of time. I'd be looking at my arms when I did arm exercises. I'd be looking at my legs. I'd be looking at my ankles. I'd be looking at um, my posture. So, um, yeah, I hope that doesn't sound vain, you know, to say I would go there and stare at myself for an hour and admire myself for an hour. But the truth of it was, yeah, there was a little bit of that going on. And, you know, but I think in a, in a mindful and um, uh, hopefully not too shallow way, you know, either. Part, part of it was um, in support of the exercises that I was executing. Now that I'm back at the gym, the mirrors are still there. The exercises are still there. But I'm really struggling to meet my eye. I'm really struggling to meet my body in the mirror. Um, and that tells me that as much as I can say, you know, I'm enjoying wearing the uniform and I have kind intentions towards myself, I think that self-love and self-acceptance is not as forthcoming. I do think there's, there's a part of me, um, probably why I'm so eager to get back to running and to exercise, that is waiting to meet my old self again. And... You know, even though I know in reality that that's, that's never going to happen, you know, because <laughs> I'm not the same person that I was before I had my baby. Um, 
but I also don't feel like my body has settled. So um, I'm in this weird in-between phase and yeah, find, I'm just finding it hard to meet my eyes um, when I'm there and and that's the truth of it. But um, I see that in myself. I don't seek to judge it. I don't want to break myself further, <laughs> you know. Um, I just kind of want to hold that in some awareness and, you know, may, maybe I'll experiment and do things differently the next time I go to the gym, having spoken all of this out loud um yeah possibly even as well you know I do intend at some point to listen back to all of these episodes in full (laughs) and um when I'm ready to start teaching postnatal people I hope some of these reflections that I've had live and in the moment that you know, will feel far away in a year from now and I'll struggle to remember how I felt and what I was going through. Um, They'll inspire me when I'm writing yoga flows, when I'm writing content, when I'm writing classes um, for other mamas new and old out there who, um, who, who, you know, may feel, feel connected to those themes as well. Alrighty, time to wrap up for me for today. It's strange for me having recorded this on a Monday morning because it's a completely different vibe. Usually I record on Fridays or maybe Saturdays and I'm winding down and reflecting, whereas my head has already jumped into the week ahead and to planning. Um, so yeah, at the moment I'm I'm excited. My My son is still sleeping next to me at the moment. Um, I'm going to quickly blitz around the bedroom and tidy it up, lay out some clothes um, for myself for today. One of my kind of resolutions, I guess, at the moment is to get dressed each day, Um, (laughs) not into any formal wear, but just to get dressed. It's something that makes me feel good and um, encourages me to shower before I get dressed as well. So it adds a little bit of structure as opposed to Uh, my old system when we first brought him home of showering when I felt disgusting. Um, (laughs) I would just wait for that point (laughs) to arrive (laughs) Um, and then my routine would reset itself whereas now I'm finding more structure day to day. Um, So yeah, my my intention is to shower, get dressed, um, potentially before I get dressed into my everyday um, to do a little home workout. Even if my son wakes up for that though, I found that actually regardless of the movement that I'm doing, I find ways to get playful and incorporate him. So, you know, if I'm squatting, for example, each time on the way down, I'll find a way to interact with him, whether it's to wave at him or to blow him a kiss or to actually give him a kiss or uh, something. Um, So, you know, I do find it's possible to do some exercise and to turn it into a game for us to play together. So that, that will happen either way. Um, and then we take it from there. Another Monday, another week. Hope you're all doing so well. And I hope to meet you on the mat again soon. <laughs>